sorry I don't love you A phrase I've grown accustomed to Cause with you something isn't wrong Something isn't wrong Something isn't right Hey everyone, welcome to Geekdom is Back, as is Merjani Rawls. We're talking all about A Simple Favor today, and it is a film that stars Blake Lively, Anna Kendrick, and Henry Golding, for those of you who have not seen it. And if you have not seen it, you should probably stop listening to this now, but Merjani, I know this is something we had discussed before when we both had gone to see it, so it just felt right to be talking about it today. Yeah, I know we've mentioned it to each other like a lot since... I think it came out September 14th and I think it like came out in like a loaded weekend with a lot of like, it was like white boy Rick and then the predator was like released the same week and whatnot. But like, it was a good movie. Like it was a good like murder mystery type thing. And it was, um, yeah, I, I really dug it and I know you did too. So glad to be back on. Yeah, just to quickly go over what the movie is about, it is a mystery thriller, and the movies I've read it as a cross between are Gone Girl and The Girl on the Train. I've only seen Gone Girl, but I do see that comparison happening in this movie and everything like that, and it was actually based off a book of the same name by Darcy Bell. Have you read the book? I didn't know it was a book before I went to go see it, so I saw the book pop up later and i was like oh maybe i want to read that but i have so many books to read <laughs> i've been i didn't get the chance to read the book either it's it's definitely on my to-do list to do um just to kind of compare and contrast to see like if it was like like the same as the movie or whatnot yeah and really you have the story revolving around the main three characters so you have anna kendrick as stephanie smothers blake lively as emily nelson and Hope McClandon, and also Faith McClandon, because there's a fun little twist here. And then you have Henry Golding as Sean Townsend. So Sean and Emily are married, and Stephanie is this single mother, and their kids happen to go to the same school, which is how she ends up meeting Emily. And from there, things just get weirder and weirder. And I think it's this is just one of those movies where you don't need it to be super fantastic to enjoy it it's sort of just one of those movies you can sit down enjoy and be like okay you know that was movie i had some fun with it not the best thing in the world but not the worst thing either i mean for what it is and what it embodies like anna kendrick and blake lively like really embody their characters really well like emily is well from what we <laughs> emily is like this like confident almost kind of like arrogant like wife that anna that that stephanie meets and stephanie's kind of like she's a vlogger uh she's also a widow so she's kind of like timid and stuff like that and then uh you know emily kind of seeks to bring another side out of her when they become friends and whatnot, even before, you know, the whole like disappearing thing and whatnot. Yeah. So yeah, it was kind of good to see that contrast and how that like progressed in the movie. Exactly. Plus you have Stephanie who is this single mom just trying to get by really. And that's why she does this vlog on the side and everything. And, you know, her views are decent. They're not as good as some 
you know, YouTube stars or anything like that, but it's pretty good for, you know, what she does. And then you have Emily, who is a PR director for this huge fashion company, and she clearly likes having that sort of life of luxury. And I think it just sort of takes Stephanie by surprise how quickly Emily sort of lets her into the fold, so to speak, but she has no idea what Emily has been planning. And it's one of those things where you see this turn happen in Stephanie slowly throughout the movie where it's like, okay, you know, she's not necessarily jealous of Emily's life, but it's something she wishes she could have for herself and obviously for her son. And when Emily disappears, she sort of just takes over Emily's role in the household and everything like that and, you know, does way more cooking than Emily ever did. So it's a, it's a little different, but, you know, then she sort of just becomes obsessed with figuring out what has happened to Emily. And it's sort of like, you know, Anna Kendrick, the detective. It is. And I know you mentioned Stephanie kind of taking over the household when Emily disappears. Stephanie is more of the nurturing type. Yeah. Uh, she's definitely more of like the emotional outlet, especially when it comes to Sean. Emily's more kind of cold, kind of, you know, the, you know, the businesswoman and whatnot, but he, but it's funny because especially with how Emily and Sean's relationship started, it kind of started with this like hedonistic thing on a, on a plane. And that's how he kind of started getting to her, like the sexual side, both women kind of appeal to two different sides to Sean. Right. And you kind of see that play out like during the movie, especially in Emily's absence, which like you mentioned, it's kind of gone girlish, kind of, sort of, uh, that movie was based on kind of like trying to rekindle love from an affair. This one is like basically on a financial situation, which like Emily kind of is frustrated with because Sean's an yeah. English professor and he's not making as much as money. Which is funny because it's not like professors don't make at least decent money, but because she likes her life of luxury, their house is definitely, you know, way more than what you'd expect a college professor to be living in, probably. Yeah, she's like, you see her in like early on in the movie wearing ascots yeah. and like <laughs> all these like up, up clothes and then you see her closet, it's just lined with shoes and, and, and whatnot and their house is beautiful i mean an english professor you got to figure that they you know make decent money right but not not to keep up with emily <laughs> no 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 not not at all i guess yeah that prompts emily to disappear and kind of unravel this kind of mystery that stephanie gets wrapped in and it turns into like what the hell happened to emily and all these clues and whatnot that you you follow and as you get through the end of the, you know, towards the end of the movie, it gets, the twist gets like super weird. Like, did it get super weird to you? Because I was like, what? Yeah, especially when they started, you know, revealing secrets even before then, you know, Stephanie slept with her half-brother and the half-brother's probably the son's father, which we see that unravel. And yeah, like, whoa. It, it just got so twisted at times. And then Emily having the twin sister and then killing said twin sister it's kind of crazy and the fact that no one knew 
about the sister. I think that was something where it's like, how do you marry this person and not know that she has someone who looks exactly like her in her life? Because that would just be weird to not know. Yeah, I know. I mean, Paul Fig, like directed this movie. He did Bridesmaids. He did Ghostbusters and stuff. He he did Freaks and Geeks. And you know, why you see like Linda Cardellini in it briefly and whatnot. And when I was like seeing it, I'm like, wow, she slept with her half-brother like okay well that's kind of weird and then like you mentioned with the twin sister thing like like nobody knew like when you marry somebody like you don't like how do you not a ask like you know what i mean like the whole like hey do you have any family that i don't know about and because you never know like she could have popped up and you had been like okay like which one is which and then her ended up killing her and then this whole like life insurance policy thing and then they tried to then emily and and stephanie were gonna like do something together and then it didn't happen like it was like very twist and turnish some of it was kind of ridiculous i'm i admit i thought but some of it was actually like fun like it was kind of stylish like it's very like you know what i mean like even the part where like uh Anna Kendrick dresses in, and she's Stephanie, and she dresses in Emily's clothes, yeah. which was funny. And to, talking to the detective, like even those parts, like Anna Kendrick as Stephanie, she stayed as like the very like you know prim and proper, like very like modest mom type, which was cool. Plus, the fact that she gets stuck in the dress just makes it even better when she's going through and trying stuff on, and then you have that moment where she clears out the entire closet after she's moved in and then all of a sudden all of the stuff is back in there and it's like she knows something suspicious is going on and to quickly go back to the thing with her and her half-brother basically what happens there and why she is now a single mom is because her husband decided to take the half-brother for a ride so they could talk man-to-man and they both died in a car crash which I'm betting was on purpose from just knowing the demeanor of the husband and everything and it that part seemed a little weird to me because it seemed like based on Stephanie's character the husband would not have been someone she would have married but maybe that was just me I don't know he kind of seemed like a total jerk and everything (laughs) I didn't think that she would either uh but I don't know, like the, the, the half-brother thing and stuff like that. I was like, oh, well, how convenient. Like, they died in a car crash. But then again, you know, you got to figure that Stephanie, she's a widow and whatnot. Like, that's really hard to deal with. But everybody in this movie has secrets. Uh, it just happens, to, you know, Stephanie's is a little, little out there. But you'll figure out, you know, Emily and kind of like her sly demeanor. She has an even bigger secret that... Stephanie kind goes to uncover going back to uh, that closet thing. What I found funny was Stephanie doing the vlog afterwards. And then she's like, well, you know, I'm not very religious, but you know, like uh, Emily, you know, if you're out there, like she's hinting, like she's a ghost, if she's a ghost or not, that was hilarious to me. Like this movie, it, it has its serious points, but it also has its like subtle, comedy points too which i which i thought was was pretty cool 
they definitely do a nice job of giving each character, you know, just enough backstory to keep things interesting when you think you're going to have a lull in the movie. You know, they flash back to those moments in Stephanie's life. And I think that really helps you understand her character and what she's been through. And, you know, while it is very strange, then you have Emily's own strangeness. You know, you have Stephanie going and finding the house that she grew up in, which is partially burned down. And you find out, you know, the fire was on purpose. And you get this great moment with Jean Smart as Margaret McLandon, the mom. And even though it's such a small part for her, I feel like just, you know, the fact that they were able to get her for that sort of role is sort of a testament to what they were trying to accomplish with this movie. And I think for the most part, you know, they did accomplish it. And it was one of those things where they just did so many little things in the movie that kept you entertained and kept you wanting to find out what happened in the end. Yeah, it it definitely, like, kept you guessing because... At first, I'm like, why Why would Emily, like, disappear? You know what I mean? Like, it seems like, you know, well, they had financial trouble, but it seemed like she had the life. You know what I mean? And then you see how Stephanie kind of, especially with the, like, assertiveness that, like, Emily tried to, like, instill upon her. By the time you get to the end of the movie, Stephanie makes a big choice and ends up doing that. And that was pretty cool. And then when you, like you had mentioned, like the mom and whatnot, like that was, I, like the, the twins thing kind of got me. I'm like, wow, like she had a twin. Like then, and then I was like, okay, then who the hell is this really Emily? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> who is like, who's actually doing stuff here? And then when she killed her twin, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. But then she set the fire to the house to because they were abused by their father. Then Emily kind of felt blackmailed by she got blackmailed by Faith and she and she I think before she killed her she said that she had like you abandoned me and whatnot and then just killed her which <laughs> because they were going to confess about the arson so Emily has done this sort of, sort of thing before so like looking on the outside end because you know her husband doesn't know yet Sean. It, in this movie is like the most oblivious person. Yeah. <laughs> like, like Stephanie's finding out about this stuff and he's just so punch drunk on how like good looking and, and like sexy, like Emily is and, and, and stuff like that. And especially how he tells the story, how they met and how they've kept it together. That it's just like, dude, like wake up. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I really like how, like, cause it, I've seen, I've watched a lot of like, like murder mysteries and whatnot. And I like how this one was kind of different. Like, I like how, like, it seemed like the good guys won kind of, but was there really, I don't know. Was there really a good guy? Did you, do you think like. Maybe just the kids. <laughs> I mean, like really, really yeah, that's yeah, yeah, sort yeah. of the reason Emily was doing this. It's like, she's not really mom material. You know, she'll go pick up the kid from school and buy him things and whatever, but she doesn't really seem too attached to what is going on in his life and everything like that. And I feel like Stephanie was obviously 
more of the mom figure in this, but she still had such a dark past, basically, where it's like, well, you know, obviously she's going to be upset with Emily for doing this, but then the fact that she just tries to get back at her and, you know, they do the fake shooting scene and all of this stuff, I was like, wow, this took some wild turns here. And, you know, you talked about watching a lot of murder mysteries and everything, and I think the biggest difference with this one is while we do have that detective who keeps showing up here and there most of the work is not done by the police you know it's just this concerned friend who is doing everything she can and stephanie is someone who always goes overboard on everything and we see that at the beginning of the movie when she starts signing up for a bunch of things in the classroom since she knows a lot of the other parents won't do them anyway (laughs) so it's like she goes over the top with (laughs) wanting to do all of these things just to make everything as good as she can for her kid and emily technically does the same thing but in a very different way by wanting to commit insurance fraud (laughs) (laughs) yeah you have two yeah like you said like you have two different sets of parents who i mean i don't know i mean committed insurance fraud that's kind of and like faking your death with killing your twin sister like that's a lot you know what i mean um like going back and like thinking about gone girl and what you mentioned about the police gone girl was very police oriented uh ben affleck's character like it seemed like all the clues that rosamund pike's character did led back to him like possibly murdering her yeah and, and whatnot um the detective here is is stephanie Matter of fact, at the end of the movie, like she actually becomes like a part-time, like private detective. So like that was pretty cool. Like you had the interactions that she had with, you know, the detective like a couple times at the house and whatnot. But like for you know the most part, the Nancy Drew person here is is definitely Stephanie. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Anna Kendrick does a very nice job in the role. Like you said, she really embodies playing Stephanie Smothers and everything like that. And we even see her vlog grow as this story continues. And eventually it hits a million followers, which is definitely, you know, sort of YouTube star status. I thought it was funny. I think like the friends or or the friends she had, like, as they're watching her vlog, they were like, yeah, we were watching it. We were initially were going to make fun of you. It's just to kind of like laugh at you. But uh, that was a nice thing that you did, you know, with the uh, the apple cider vinegar there that like it helped and whatnot. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I Anna Kendrick does a really like nice job as playing like, you know, like everybody's mom, like the whole like like you said, like the mom that signs up for everything, like the mom that's so nurturing. Like you see that like that's why it's so easy for her when Emily disappears to kind of just slip into Sean's arms and like become like a family unit with him because she's very homey. But at the same time, like Blake Lively also does a really good job at being Emily. She definitely nails the part for that. Yeah. And especially because she's not, she's in the movie, but she's not in the movie like as much as, Anna Kendrick and Henry Golding. Right. But when she's there, like her presence is definitely felt. Absolutely. It's just one of those things where she looked the part and she acted like, you know, she really didn't care for 
anything that was going on. It's like she kind of used Sean for what she wanted. They had a kid and now they just need to figure out the finances. <laughs> like It was very straightforward for her. She had a very linear way of thinking. She's like, okay, we have a problem. Here's a solution. <laughs> Probably not the best solution, but it was what she went with and she stuck with it too. She was going to see the plan through no matter what happened. And, you know, Stephanie kept getting in the way of that, obviously. And she ended up, Emily ended up having to meet with Sean and sort of lay it all out for him because he probably didn't want to think that this was something she would actually do to him. But he seems very naive in this movie. And, you know, it's kind of like he was love struck and then he did not pay attention to anything else. Every once in a while, he does pay attention to the kid, too, though, at least. Yeah, at least he pays attention to the kid, but he never pays it. He's so, like, I felt like yelling at the dude. Like, he's so, like, enamored with, and and Emily plays, like, a very seductive character. Like, I will give Blake Lively that. Like, the the very cunning, like, seductive, whatnot. Like, she, it, it's, it comes off, like, the movie screen. But, like, it's like, Sean, like, wake up, dude. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's something going on here, like, especially with, you know, how you guys met and whatnot. And it seems like there's more chemistry with him and Stephanie, definitely, than him and Emily. Like, there's just, like, this very narrow basis, like, around, like, and Emily has contempt for him because he doesn't make enough money. But him and Stephanie were definitely not kind of meant for each other, but they kind of, like, they fit. They, they fit better. I agree. And... I do want to spend a little time here talking about the kids because honestly, Nikki and Miles were like the most normal people in this movie. (laughs) And the kids, especially Nikki, sort of really reacts the way you would think if he really believed, you know, his mom had died, but then she visits him. So then, you know, the adults sort of think he's just making this up. Oh, you didn't really see her. And they try to talk him out of what he knows. And I think he just reacts so well to it. And, you know, after the funeral and everything, you see the two kids get into a fight. And then Stephanie sort of just sits down with Nikki. And if he doesn't want to talk about it, she's not going to force him to, but she's going to force him to sit there with her basically until they sort of get him to calm down and, you know, not take it out on anyone else. And I think they just did a nice job with the kids, even though they aren't really a huge focus in the movie, you know, we see them here and there. And then, you know, Stephanie obviously has Nikki for days because Sean is out of the country and she's just like, all right, guess I'm taking care of this kid. And, you know, Nikki is like, when can I go home kind of thing? And she just sort of does her best to ease him into staying with them longer because she has no idea what's going on. Doesn't Sean Nikki get into a fight at the funeral? I th- like they get in, like he yells at him and something like that. And he's like, I'm trying to do the best yeah, I, I think can. That, that was after the two kids were fighting with each other outside because, you know, everyone yeah. sort of heard something happening. And then Stephanie and Sean ran out. And I think that's why Stephanie ended up being the one to sit outside with Nikki because he just wanted his mom. Well, Steph- well, it seemed like Stephanie was like uh, looking at Sean, like, how could you like 
yell at him like that or like and like calmed him down i think he like grabbed his arm too or something and she sort of just sent sean back inside (laughs) (laughs) yeah i like that uh the the kids are uh, a plot device um to show the different parenting contrast because emily like i think she loves her kid but it was kind of messed up that she kind of used uh her kid to like further along the plot i felt like uh against sean like i don't like visiting him while you know everybody thinks you're dead like that's a little messed up i think you know what i mean yeah plus she leaves nikki this bracelet i believe that stephanie gave her and so oh, the friendship bracelet yeah so even stephanie when she finds that she's like okay something is going on here and clearly Nikki did see something because he has this bracelet that he shouldn't have all of a sudden. Yeah. And other, I mean, <laughs> Stephanie initially thought it was ghost. I mean, let's, but yeah, like it was kind of crazy that Emily was kind of using Nikki as like, you know, I'm still here. I'm still watching you type of thing. Like, and I just felt like, wow, like you would use your kid as like an extension to kind of like torture like your husband and then like his, I don't know. I guess like I, I would say like best friend, like placeholder, uh, <laughs> as they like go through their romance to like torture them, like 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 to Emily. I'm like, what? Okay, so everybody thinks you're dead, and I'm not like condoning Stephanie and like Sean like getting together, but like at the same time, like what did you expect? Like you know what I mean? Like did you did you think that like he was just kind of like gonna like stay single or whatnot? I don't know, but yeah, that was kind of, I, I, I stopped, like, I really like kind of resented Emily for that. Like when I like saw that happen and I'm like, oh, she, oh, he's wearing the friendship bracelet. I'm like, wow, that's kind of, that's kind of messed up, dude. Like, <laughs> like everybody's like sad that of your possible death. And like, yet, like, it seems like your kid is seeing a ghost, you know? I think she probably thinks she is doing the right thing and helping him by going to see him at least that one last time before she truly reappears basically and really it doesn't help Nikki at all you know it would have been better for her to just sort of let them continue believing what she already wanted them to believe so to sort of just throw that wrench in everything especially for Nikki I was like ooh that is rough. And then obviously when she comes back and, you know, Stephanie pretends to shoot Sean and it's sort of just like this blood bag. It's literally what they use in the movies anyway. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty clever. And then the <laughs> fact that she was recording everything too, you know, she had hidden a camera so that everyone could see on a live stream what was going on and that Emily wasn't really dead and then you have Emily getting hit by a car, too. She is willing to go so far to just make this thing happen and then to have it end like that. It's like, well, you know, you kind of literally walked right into that one. And then it was one of the other dads that hit her. <laughs> yeah. Like, imagine getting arrested after you get hit by a car. Yeah. Like, fucking karma. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, like, Stephanie's blogging came in handy because uh apparently like emily like predicted them turning on her and then like 
uh, disable the microphones, but like in a saw-like twist, you know, uh, Stephanie had a hidden camera recording the whole thing and the whole confession and whatnot. Like it was very like, like you ever seen like those murder mysteries? Not like Clue or anything like that. And, like where like maybe like Scooby Doo, where like yeah. the guy's like, well, I or you know I did it. Like it was me and whatnot. And like all of a sudden, like a cop walks in and like or is behind the door and it's like i heard everything it's kind of like this but like with technology <laughs> and but it was cool because like it tied in like stephanie's uh vlog or like live streaming which she got she's gotten over a million hits like i would guess that after like you know somebody commits confesses to like faking their own death and trying to uh, commit insurance fraud, of course, you know what I mean? But like, it was a nice little wrap up to the, to the story. Like I didn't feel like it was like overdone and far fetched. Like it took a big thing from Emily and like it used, it was the thing that kind of like got her out. Yeah. I do want to quickly talk about the other parents too, because we briefly mentioned them when you said that they sort of only watched her vlog to make fun of her, but then her tips actually ended up being helpful. And I think it's one of those things where the other parents, especially Darren, who is the one who ends up hitting Emily in the end, he can tell that she's sort of the parent that it's not like she's trying to show the rest of them up but she is by being so over the top about everything and obviously they have come around on her a little bit but then when they figure out or learn that she's now friends with Emily they're like huh that's strange <laughs> sort of thing and I just like how they put the parents in at sort the other parents in at sort of these right moments to have a little more comedic relief because they weren't, you know, the insiders basically in this whole thing going on with Stephanie, Emily, and Sean. And so you get that outside perspective too, which I like. And, you know, like I said, this isn't the best movie I have ever seen, but it was just something that was refreshing to watch and I enjoyed it. I don't know if I would necessarily spend time rewatching it anytime soon, maybe some point down the line, but it was just overall pretty well done. And, you know, it did pretty well at the box office, too. It had a budget of 20 million and it made a little over 87 million. And I think we do need a lot of movies like that still. Not everything needs to be this giant blockbuster like Marvel or Star Wars or DC movies or anything like that. We can sort of just have these sort of middle of the road budgeted movies where it's like, you know, this and a quiet place or even get out and they make their money back plus some. It's like, you know, we can sustain with some of these movies and still have, you know, big name actors and actresses in them. Yeah, I I mean, it came out against the Predator, which was supposed like it was like projected to do all these numbers and it disappointed. Right. And especially like like what you mentioned, like there's so many blockbusters. Like like next year we're getting hit with like three Marvel movies, three DC movies, a Star Wars film. Like, it's crazy. And then, like, you have movies like this 
or you have a movie like, uh, you know, Crazy Rich Asians or Star is Born. That is different. And then you have all the movies that The Rock is in. Yeah, like 15. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, and, it, and it's funny because like it's, it's basically him doing the same thing in like different settings and whatnot, like jumping off buildings and whatnot. But you have all those and then there's like an audience for that. Like not to say that, you know, we're getting like superhero movie or like big budget movie fatigue anytime soon, especially like things like not so much movie pass, but like AMC A list and, and stuff like that. But like it's good to see like movies, especially with this and the leads, like Anna Kendrick and Blade Lively did their thing in this. Even Henry Golding, who's having a hell of a year, like this and Crazy Rich Asians and whatnot. And like you said, like, it's different. Like, it, like I don't know. Like, I agree with you. Like, I don't know if I would. I don't know if I'm, I'm going to, like, run to rewatch it again. But, like, if it's on, like, maybe it's on, like, TBS and something like that or, like, something like that. I would watch it. I would watch it over again. But, like, yeah, it's a good change of pace. Like, it seemed like it hit at the right time. And, yeah, it, it definitely made a lot of money. Like, it was projected to make... Like how much? Like uh, like twelve to fifteen million is opening weekend, and it made like six million yeah. its opening day, and like sixteen million over the weekend. Um, and then it only dropped like thirty five percent in the second weekend. So like yeah, it a lot of people like especially with the word of mouth and whatnot. Like it, and I think it had like you remember like like the viral campaign it had. Like it was like all over Instagram. Like where is Emily and like. That definitely like helped the intrigue too, because I, I was like, "What is, what is this about?" Like, so yeah, like I thought it was pretty good. When I typed in the movie to bring up the cast and everything, you know, I saw that it was still in the general vicinity of Orange County. There were still some theaters that were showing this movie, and it came out, you know, almost two months ago at this point. So it's one of those things where clearly some people are still going to see it and it's probably you know at like the five dollar theaters or whatever right now but still you know that's yeah money that it's making if people are you know just bored and want to go check it out and see a cheap movie yeah i mean i know like we're getting hit over the head with movies this week weekend like, like overlord girl in the spider's web uh then you had like movies like last week like suspiria and bohemian rhapsody which made like 50 million it's worth it's uh, first weekend. Yeah. I mean, but like you said, like with movies like this, they're always like for people who want, you know, something different, there's always going to be an audience for them. There's always going to be maybe like a date movie or something like that. Like for like couples and stuff to go, like it, there's always going to be an audience, especially like if the word of mouth is there. Absolutely. And I know that, John Krasinski has a sequel in mind for A Quiet Place, but this is one of those movies where, you know, I don't really feel like there's a need for a sequel or anything. I like how this ended. And, you know, unless you want to jump 20 years ahead and see Blake Lively getting out of prison or something like that, you know, I don't really think a sequel is necessary for this. And I really do want to see movies where it's not all sequels 
And we get a lot of those these days. And obviously, Halloween is one of the recent ones, which was done way better than a lot of sequels are. So there is that at least. So, you know, I was very thankful for that when I went to go watch it. But there are a lot of movies getting sequels that don't really need them. And I'm hoping they do not do that with this. I don't think there's I don't really think there's a story to tell. Like, what does she do? She, like, get out of prison and then, like, looks for revenge and whatnot? Like, I know, like, in Hollywood, especially with Blumhouse, like, you mentioned Hollywood, uh, Halloween and whatnot. Like, they will make a movie for a $10, a $10 million budget, and then they will it will make 90 to $100 million, and it will guarantee you the sequel. That happened with Saw. That happened with Paranormal Activity and whatnot. And I... And if there's definitely not a story to tell, like I would love to see, um, Hollow, you know, Hollywood get away from that and go with more original stories. Like I know that we see like the MCU, and a lot of people model off the MCU because it makes a ton of money, and a lot of the movies are acclaimed. Not all of them. I'm looking at you, <laughs> Thor, too. But um, yeah, uh, I like that. Now, and especially with 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 a quiet place, like you mentioned, like a quiet place, I think there is a lot. There's a lot more story that you can tell with that. But like, I like that, like Hollywood is getting a little bit more comfortable, like doing these one off movies. Like, it's just kind of like the one movie and then like we're done. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need, you know, like a simple favor two or whatnot. Like or get out two or something like that. Yeah, like I like get out to like I was kind of I was satisfied with the ending there. Like, what would you like other than a cash grab? Like, what other what other story is there to tell? Like, now you're just kind of money grabbing, and I really want Hollywood to kind of just like cool the jets on that. Like, MCU is cool, and that's different too because there's this whole universe that they can pull from. You know, it's. Like there are years and years and years of stories to adapt and alter for the big screen. So that's definitely something where I think comic book movies are more of a unique situation because it's like, okay, you know, Batman has been around since 1939. Superman has been around for a long time as well. And you have Spider-Man who's been around since, I, I don't even know, the 60s at least. Yeah. Like... We, me and you talk about Stephen King a lot, a lot. Okay. They're adapting. It seems like they're adapting every single book and story <laughs> and story. Like it seems like it's either going to be a Netflix, a Hulu thing, or it's going to be on the big screen. Like that's a lot like crazy rich Asians. It's a three, uh, it's a, it's three books. So like, I get that. Like, I get that. Like, all right, you want to do three stories. Like even, like even with, uh, you know, Twilight or uh, even with Harry Potter or even with, you know, uh, the Hunger Games, like there are books to tell and whatnot. But like same time, like with these stories, like you're trying to draw out, like, uh, like look at Saw, like it got worse and worse and worse as you go on. So, yeah, I, I appreciate Simple Favor for being just this movie, just telling the story. And something that you can kind of like be intrigued with and have fun with and just kind of leave alone. Absolutely. Well, is there 
anything else you want to discuss about the movie that we haven't touched on this just yet? I think we covered pretty much everything from, you know, the weird half-brother relationship to the arson. And, you know, I, I think it was nice <laughs> to sort of have all of these different branches for the characters where it's like, okay, we could dive down this road for a little while and sort of get a better picture of their past for both Stephanie and Emily. No, I think we covered pretty much everything. And like I said, like <laughs> the half brother thing was kind of icky, but for like, other than that, like, yeah, I, I like the movie, man. Like I really, I really did. Yeah, me too. Well, thank you so much, Marjani, for coming back on the podcast to talk about this. I know I've been trying to see more movies in a timely manner now that I have the AMC a list it's it's tough it's tough there's like three coming out every week yeah and i'm like okay between recording podcasts and trying to do all of the prep for the podcast i'm like all right gotta gotta read these stephen king books gotta (laughs) watch these movies and you know i can't (laughs) complain because it's fun but it can be a lot at times so i'm hoping to catch up on some movies go see things like first man girl in the spider's web soon widows is coming out creed 2 is coming out there's so many things so many things so little time (laughs) story of our lives yeah well that wraps up today's episode as always to our listeners thank you all for listening and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day see you